Hello, this is Lucretia. We're back for another episode. As I said last time, for a few podcast episodes, I am going to be talking about the stages of change. This is important because if you know what stage you or someone else is in, you can know how to better approach the situation. The stages of change come from a very large research study conducted by Prochaska and Di Clemente. The resulting book is called Changing for Good. They studied people who had been successful in actually changing problem behaviors and maintaining that change. Problem behaviors could be anything from drug use, eating disorders, self-harm, gambling, avoidance, anything repeated which is detrimental or self-destructive. In the last podcast episode, I talked about the stage of pre-contemplation. Today, I am talking about the stage called contemplation. In contemplation, a person is considering the possibility of change, but is also rejecting the prospect of change. There is ambivalence about changing. A person maybe knows they should, but they don't want to. In the area of addiction, a person begins to feel some of the negative effects of their use. They are aware of the tensions in their relationships due to their using. Work or school attendance and quality start slipping. The person may think or say they should stop or cut down their use, but they don't really want to. Declarations to quit are not backed with sincerity. Or, for another example, I work with teenagers who use cutting as their way of coping. They know others do not approve and will hide the marks under long sleeves and long pants. Family may implore them to stop hurting themselves. Others may react with anger and negative judgment. The teens I see have been admitted to the hospital because they are hurting themselves. Everything about being in the hospital is about stopping and preventing self-harm. Some teens will say they know others want them to stop, but they don't want to. And at least they are being honest. One reason frequently given is that other coping skills do not give the same release. What parents and hospital workers may not understand is that this person is in the stage of contemplation which means they are not yet ready to change. Trying to force them to change isn't likely to work. During the contemplation stage, a person will do things to lessen the discomfort of the negative aspects of their problem behavior. Many of us engage in complaining. It's very common. When someone complains, they get some reduction in discomfort, and they often get comfort, empathy, and even connection with others. But complaining doesn't automatically lead to doing something about it. People can complain indefinitely. People will seek out others who commiserate with them. So let's talk about support groups. The effectiveness of support groups involves helping a person get past the paralyzing effects of shame and feelings of hopelessness with the support of others while they take steps to change behavior. The support group offers examples of how to get through the change 
and encourages staying on the path of change. This is not the case in many groups people find on various social media applications. Engagement in some of those groups can simply support the problem behavior as the people gain companionship with others who have the same behavior. Actually doing something to solve the problem requires increased motivation and confidence that one is capable of making the change. People can get stuck in contemplation as they just keep thinking about making a change. If someone pressures them into trying to change, they make a half-hearted attempt which doesn't get results, then they can say it doesn't work for them. Pushing someone to change when they are not in the right stage of change can increase feelings of being ineffective and hopeless. During contemplation, awareness of the problem can increase, and this is more effective if done on an emotional level. The emotion to increase is anguish related to the problem behavior. This can be done while watching heart-wrenching movies or having something tangible bring the message home, such as a child pulling away. Or the person can imagine the dire outcome of continuing their problem behavior. The person needs to feel the negatives associated with continuing. Now this does not mean using scare tactics, which are often exaggerated or extreme, and the person can react defensively and say that that is far from their own situation. Instead, during contemplation is the time to ask questions to gather specific and accurate information. So let's summarize. In the stage of contemplation, there is ambivalence about changing. The person is starting to see the problem, but doesn't want to change just yet. The person will take steps to lessen their discomfort, even though they aren't facilitating change. And instead, the person needs to feel the discomfort of their behavior and learn more about it. Going forward this week, you might search for a documentary or a biography about someone who struggled with the same issue you are experiencing. Your goal is to have your empathy aroused and to be able to put yourself in their shoes. Their painful experience will touch you and help increase your motivation to change. Also, journal about how the problem is currently harming your life experience and imagine how bad it could get for you. Look for your personal reason for not wanting it to get that bad. And keep a record measuring your frequency or intensity or amount of engaging in the behavior you want to change so that you are seeing it clearly. If you are liking this podcast and you want access to more community, then join my Facebook group, Strategies for Managing Overwhelming Thoughts and Emotions. And be sure to check for the next podcast episode. Until next time, be well.